It is time, that time you know, Jake and Dean's Wrestling Podcast Show. Oh. <laughs> welcome like to the uh, the LWD Podcast. Uh, welcome, Mean Dean. How are you doing this week? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, special shout out to uh, you know to you two and Bono for writing and recording our our new theme song <laughs> that you heard at the beginning. Um, and you met them at a it was a bus station you met them at, right? <laughs> yes. Um, they were they were playing some music. Okay. They had uh, they had the cases for their instruments laid out, you know, so you could toss some coins into there. Um, and I believe. The song they started with that night was uh, "Toss a Coin to Your Witcher." I uh, do. You, do you think you two and Bono have even watched the Witcher show? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I don't know. I don't know much about him, but it just doesn't seem like his type. Of it thing. doesn't <laughs> seem like his his type of show. Now you did introduce me to Bono and you two, and <laughs> my first thought is. This is definitely not Bono and U2. In fact, this is just me singing in a bad falsetto voice. But you proved me wrong. I was going to say, I always thought Bono was very short, and you seemed very tall. So. <laughs> very tall, very hairy. <laughs> yeah. He packed on a few pounds, definitely. Uh, so we were actually supposed to be uh, joined by... Anthony McCall today. Uh, we'll try and get him in a later show, but uh, something came up. Um, I believe his bus on the way here was actually taken over by U2 <laughs> and Bono. Like they are two separate entities. They wanted a, a secondary tour bus? They wanted. That's what it is. They took over Anthony McCall's bus to get here. Uh, so now it's just you and I for for the for this week's episode of the pod i'm cool with that yeah i'm pretty excited we got we got some stuff to talk about we got some well mo we got really the royal rumble yes is, is what there is to talk about um so i guess starting off uh let's talk about so we actually just watched the royal rumble together all right let, let's not like i yes. i watched it when it was live you did not so uh, I just watched it with you moments ago. I was going to say, let's not bullshit people and pretend <laughs> that like we were on this and prepared for a podcast. We actually just watched the Royal Rumble, and not even all of it, because some of the matches were dumb. Well, to be fair, too, I think watching it before the podcast is preparing. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> true, but generally watching the entire thing is how you yeah, prepare for it. That's true. Um, we weren't fully prepared. Well, I am because I watched it. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we watched the Royal Rumble just now to kind of catch, uh, catch Mean Dean up. It's actually a big packed weekend of wrestling last weekend. Um, you know, aside from the Royal Rumble, myself and uh, a fellow Connecticut uh, comedian Johnny Benson went to uh, Northeast Wrestling's Over the Top Rope show, which is pretty much the same thing as a Royal Rumble. I'll get Johnny on here uh, in the near future. We can kind of talk about that. Uh, but really good weekend for wrestling this past week. So is that is that also like a once a year thing? Yeah, exactly. Yep, they do okay. a, a yearly uh, a yearly Royal Rumble. Um, do they have like regular other special events when uh, throughout the year? They do. 
They do. Actually, well, I'll have to bring you to... I was going to say, I, I, I want to go to one. I'm, honestly, their shows are just as good as as some of like the local shows. Uh, for a, Probably a little bit better because you're a lot closer to the action. Everything's a lot more personable. And th- it's not like they skimp on names either. You know, it's like you're not going there to watch like... I mean, you are going there to watch, you know, like the dude from like three blocks down the road who just decided to throw on like that guy's there. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna lie, but they do bring in, they do bring in some big names. Um, for example, this past one, uh, Darby Allen was, uh, you know, was in the title match. Um, so, you know, they do, they do bring in Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, was wrestling. Um, and that was, um, was that, the the shows that you went to months ago where uh david arquette actually it's the same yeah it's the same company yeah yeah the david arquette one was actually a surprise he came in like out of nowhere no he wasn't announced there was no david arquette you know because when people go to see wrestling shows it's to see david arquette so (laughs) (laughs) no that david arquette wasn't uh wasn't promoted for the show he wasn't on any of the flyers it was just like hey i'm watching a cool match oh there's david arquette the guy who married the chick from friends yay i'm a fan of his too i thought that was pretty exciting when you told me about that because um that he married courtney cox yes um (laughs) <laughs> no, the uh, I I like him. I've been a fan of him for a very long time because uh, when around the time that it came out, the movie Ready to Rumble. Oh, it's one of in, your favorite movies. It really is. I I just genuinely think it's fantastic all around. There's just so many big names from back in the day in it. There's the wrestling itself. I mean, they had being something that you know they they film before and edit. They have the opportunity to make the actual action in it good. You know what I mean and it was just like a wacky fun adventure to me. Does Ready to Rumble crack your top five movies of all time? I believe it does. Yes. Can, can you name like your top five movies of all time? Oh, that's a challenge. Um, I I think I'd have to give it a little time. Okay. I, I can, but I I'd have to think about we'll it. We'll come around back on the end. Okay. And and we can see your top five movies of all time i actually this is completely non-wrestling related but i don't give a shit i'm gonna bring it up here yeah um i i read this weird article that's not sitting like it makes me feel weird um but did you know that harvey weinstein doesn't have testicles i did not know that yeah so there's like the whole like rape case thing going on with him you know and one of his uh one of his accusers like i guess testified and she went into like detail about and she said like he has no he has no testicles there's wow. just like a scar there that looks like a vagina he oh. has a penis but like where testicles should be there's just like that's kind of scary and a vagina like scar it's very upsetting that's yeah. why it's sitting with me and i'm bringing it up on a pro wrestling podcast it has it has no place in this podcast <laughs> But, but I'm bringing it up because it's sitting with me. That doesn't mean it's not an important detail. Do you think that he <laughs> lost his testicles in a Inferno match against Kane? That's that's my that's my head cannon now. Uh, I I couldn't imagine losing your testicles any other way. <laughs> like if I ever lose my testicles, I kind of want it to to be from Kane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a good a time as any to. To jump into the to the Royal Rumble here, um, so kind of going into the Royal Rumble, I know 
Um, I know the last episode we aired when we had Mike Prentice on, we kind of went through um, the women's, you know, Royal Rumble, our our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations yes. for for the end of the match. Um, what we can just kind of skip to the the end here. Was it well before we do that? Was there any particular spots in the Royal Rumble, uh, the women's Royal Rumble, that jumped out at you that you kind of wanted to to touch on? Um. I mean, there's a few small things. Um, I th- I thought it was pretty crazy. Uh, I, uh, I still got to learn their names. Um, what's her name that hit her head on the corner? Beth Phoenix. Yes, that was pretty crazy. And I got to say, I really liked it because she fully committed it and stayed until it was her time to leave the match. She, you know? she showed some... She showed the balls that Harvey Weinstein does not have. <laughs> she did. She really did. Maybe, maybe that's how he lost him. Maybe she has him now. Uh, that I think that's that's what happened. Kane took the testicles from Harvey Weinstein, and they are now sitting inside of the shorts of Beth Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> no, if you if you um, obviously if you watch the Royal Rumble, you noticed you know the gushing head wound. <laughs> that uh, that Beth Phoenix had there, um, but if you actually go back and, and watch the Royal Rumble, it was up. Oh, it was such a disgusting like. Yeah. So um, Bianca Belair has uh, Beth Phoenix up in the corner, um, and it was right as somebody was coming out. Was it Naomi? It was right after Naomi came out. Yes. Uh, so it was right after Naomi came out. Naomi and Charlotte are fighting in one corner. Bianca. And Beth Phoenix are in the in the other corner. Beth's perched up in the corner. Go back and watch the spot and just listen to the sound of Beth Phoenix's skull hitting that ring post. Surprisingly loud. I heard that and Harvey Weinstein's testicles shot up into my body. That's how disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny too because like when I, I first noticed it and actually had you rewind it. Yes. Um, and the funny thing is I didn't even notice the sound until the second watch. And d- yeah. That, and and once I heard it, I was like, that was worse than it like looked at first. It it was pretty intense, and and that's one thing. One thing that you don't I, I, like from from what I've seen on the more recent stuff, you don't see a lot of actual wounds that they just keep. Can, like they'll they'll you know hurt themselves and just struggle through it and finish what they got to do. Like I remember in Attitude Era, like everybody was bloody all the time. You know that's that's um that's a great well part of it is uh you know in the Attitude Era you know they they did what's called blading, you know where they pull the the blade out of they could sometimes they kept it in a wristband sometimes you know they kept it in their mouth, um they but they you know pull out the blade they'd give themselves a quick swipe with it. You know, and they'd fight through it. Nowadays, if if somebody's bleeding, they're bleeding for real. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah, when there's blood in a match, it's kind of a it's kind of a huge deal. That's kind of why it drew my attention too, because like there there has been a huge difference, and like you said, there's reason for it. But but I think when it happens nowadays, it's it's so much more impressive because it really takes commitment to try and ignore it and and just keep going, especially when it's like. A head wound like that that right. like by the end of the match her hair was almost entirely red it was indeed yeah i mean adrenaline is part of that you oh, know yeah, the adrenaline definitely. kicks in she probably i mean i'm sure she felt it when it happened but 
30 seconds and I'm sure she she didn't feel a thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe other than like a, a dull aching. But that that's actually a really good point you bring up um, in general as far as like people fighting through the injuries. Because if we go back, you know, to the Attitude Era, if we go back, you know, to some of the... Um, you know, there, there were always the stories, you know, Triple H tearing both of his quad, or was it both of his one quad? He tore a quad. Let's not give him more, you know, quad cred than he's earned. Well, quad is four already, so. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting eight out of this. <laughs> yeah, like, that's too much. <laughs> so, you know, we have the stories where, like, Triple H tore his quad, you know, in the, in the match, uh, Jericho and... Uh, he who shall not be named versus Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. I, I, I'm sure you don't even know who I'm referencing, do you? I don't. <laughs> it just sounded kind of funny. Chris Benoit. Oh, uh, now I understand. Yeah. Um, so there's the, you know, there's the old. So uh, it was a tag team match. Uh, Triple H ended up tearing his quadricep like in the middle of the match and he finished the match not only did he finish the match he actually let chris jericho put him in the walls of jericho on an announce table oh uh so you know i'm sure that didn't feel great oh yeah definitely Uh, not you know we we've got the you know we've got stories of um you know bob holly i bob holly i think broke his neck in a match with brock lesnar and he finished the match you know obviously not broken his neck like you know not like Sonny Bono breaking his neck. <laughs> yeah. Like not not like a complete fracture, but he, you know, some some serious damage to a seriously sensitive area. Right, even if you even if you only like slightly crack your neck, that's still gonna Yeah, there's gonna do a lot to you. There's still risk of, you know, paralysis and other very serious side effects in, from it. Yeah, and then I mean, look in kind of more recent history like we have, you know, like Sin Cara ended a match because like he hurt his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> like that happened on Raw a couple years ago. I think it was Sin Cara versus Alberto Del Rio. Neither one of the guys are with the, the company anymore. Um, and and Sin Cara, like I don't know, he like I don't bit a hangnail off or something, and it, it it was too much for him. He called the match off because his thumb was too hurt to go on. <laughs> um, so there is something to that because we don't we don't see that grit. We don't see that. Um, and and I'm not I'm not saying that you know it's a, it's a bad thing. Oh no, that's it's well that's the thing is it's it's obviously for safety reasons. You know what I mean? And that's always an important and good thing. Right. Uh, but definitely kudos to to Beth Phoenix for yeah because uh, it, it, well up. she didn't stay in there like it wasn't like you know after she got the injury it was just two more minutes and she was out she was in for almost the whole thing she yeah she it was a long time and she like i did notice times where she would get slammed and like her head would hit and stuff like that that i'm sure did more damage to the wound you right know? and i mean heads bleed like crazy oh yeah um, they're like butts <laughs> <laughs> heads, heads and I, you know what I've they had say a dart thrown at my butt before you would not believe how much it bleeds or seriously i thought yeah, i thought you were just serious. throwing that out as a random joke well i was but it made me think of that so <laughs> um i was i was a big fan of the uh the the mandy rose spot with otis yes that surprised me and that was fantastic yeah i don't i don't know how they got him there like was he hiding under the ring i think he had to have been because i the first part that i saw him in he was already laying down and she landed on him so 
there was no sign of him running out in any way. I feel like that would have been noticeable. He had to have been hiding close by. Right. Yeah, I, I think he would have had to. I mean, even the audience reaction, you know, the people who were right in the front row by it, you know, they just kind of happened to look down afterwards and there was this big, you know, this big pop for yeah. Otis. So I think that he had to have been under the ring, kind of slide out and to, to catch her there. Yeah, and I like that they did it more than once, too. Yes. Um, that was that was fun to me, um, especially since it didn't seem like an unfair thing, and eventually, like, you know, she had gotten tossed out. It was just a fun thing to add in. Right. You know, uh, one of the things I, I was actually pretty big on in the Women's uh, Royal Rumble, um, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll eat a little bit of protein here. Um, I've said before that I... I didn't think there should be a women's Royal Rumble, um, mostly because not because I'm like, oh, women shouldn't, women shouldn't have the right to throw each other over the top rope. Nothing like that, you know. I th- I think the women the women's division is probably the best thing going on in WWE right now. Um, over, well, maybe not right now, but in in recent history, it's been the best thing going on. Uh, I I, it's just the talent pool was kind of shallow to me. I definitely agree. It did feel like it had a very slow start. A lot of the uh, women who came out early on, um, I I wasn't entirely convinced with their striking. Um, when they throw a kick and or punch, they, it, you know, you could see that there was distance between, you know, their fist and the face or whatever. Right. Um, but as it progressed, the talent definitely increased, and and I do think it was is a really good rumble. So just kind of going through, I I wanna I wanna compare this, you know, Royal Rumble to the first Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, so the f- this Women's Royal Rumble, the people who they brought in who are you know quote unquote legends or you know kind of callback people, uh, it was Mighty Molly. Um, we got Beth Phoenix. Um, Kelly Kelly and Santina Morella. We'll get we'll get back to that. Um, but those uh, those were the people who are not, you know, your uh, your everyday talent. Whereas if we go back, I just want to take a look here, see if we can go back to the first women's Royal Rumble and uh, our our list of non-full-time entrance here was Lita, Tori Wilson, Molly Holly, Michelle McCool, Vicky Guerrero, Kelly Kelly, Jacqueline, Beth Phoenix, Brie Bella, and Trish Stratus. You know, so my my trepidation with the Women's Royal Rumble is I was just like, there's, there's not enough talent on the roster. With NXT becoming kind of a full brand, I think that helps a lot. Um, this, this Royal Rumble still had a few people who were just like, eh, are they, are they really, you know, Royal Rumble worthy? Um, not too many, obviously San, Santina Morella. I don't hate it as much you know, as actually, I want to talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk mind. about that. Um, I've, I've read, uh, cause before I watched it, I actually did hear about that. Okay. Um, and I thought it was weird. Um, comical, obviously it's meant you know comically but i also heard a lot of a, a lot of women were very upset about it um you know which I, I i can you know it's an understandable reasons why they would be upset but to me i thought it was funny and i enjoyed it simply because 
it was clear that there was no competition with her. Right. Um, it was an entirely comical thing, and she threw herself out right away. Yes. So, so I personally enjoyed it. I, I thought it was silly, um, but I'm also the kind of person where I I enjoy humor so much that I want to see it, you know, thrown into a little bit and everything. And it can be a little hard to find the right timing um, and the right ways to do it when it comes to wrestling, especially when it comes to an aspect like women's wrestling, where it's a it's a, a, a something that's growing um, and something that has never really been where it should be, but it's right. on its way to to the you know where it should be. You so know, it's, it's it's a sensitive subject, you know. Yeah, I I can't be too mad at it because if we are going to treat both Royal Rumbles as equals, you know, it's not like the men's is taken a hundred percent seriously all the time. N- yeah. Not only that, but the, hasn't there been women who entered it at times? There's there's been women who've entered in it, but there's like I was getting more to the point. There's been there's been joke entrance. You yes, know, we've that's gotten, true. Yeah, we've gotten Hornswoggle as an entrance. Um, we've gotten Michael Cole as an entrant. Uh, hell, Alberto Del Rio won one. You know, really? <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> If if a joke like Alberto Del Rio can win a Royal Rumble, I'm no I'm okay with with Santian. He's not actually a joke. I can I can tell that you're not familiar. I'm with, yeah. The, I was a little confused by that. That's yeah yeah I was no. Like, really? I'm, I'm, I was just throwing a well, pot shot. I'm confused because more often than not, um, from what I remember, um, it seems to be they always have you know some of the very very top talent win. They want to push right. them through. They want to give them more opportunity. Um, so when I hear somebody has won it and I don't recognize the name, I mean, nowadays it's not as surprising. I'm still kind of trying to catch up more recent stuff. Right. But it, to me, it confuses me. I get to, you know, I get that, you know, who is that? Why did they win kind of, you know, mindset. Um, yeah. Not in a negative way, just a more curious, you know. Yeah. It's curious. Nope. Curiosity. Albert, Albert of the River. Uh <laughs> He he won. He actually, um, well, we'll, we can elaborate on this a little bit later. But he was actually um, Edge's last match. Really? The yeah. After so he won the Royal Rumble. Uh, He challenged Edge for the World Heavyweight Title at WrestleMania. Edge successfully defended the title, and then found out his neck, you know, was as messed up as Harvey Weinstein's testicles, (laughs) (laughs) and and he had to. yeah, he actually ended up having to retire. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too. Um, I was changing it a little bit. But when back in the day when I watched wrestling regularly, it was, you know, around the time that Edge was on and everything. Yeah. Um, and I was I didn't know much about him and I wasn't a big fan. But it's funny because once he left wrestling and started acting, I actually started liking him and looked into a lot of his history and he is a fantastic wrestler right Um, yeah he is he's definitely one of the best of of the era that he really shined in i i personally think i i mean i'd i'd i don't know how high on my list i'd put him in but off the top of my head he's on my short list of like my favorite you know i i you know i've kind of been weird with uh you know, I've been watching wrestling since I was like three years old. And, you know, when I first started watching, obviously Hulk Hogan is the guy I gravitated to because I was supposed to gravitate towards yeah. Hulk Hogan. But um, 
I kind of I kind of switched from Hulk Hogan to to Bret Hart, and a lot of people liked Bret Hart, but I didn't I didn't like World Champion Bret Hart. Like I liked Bret Hart as part of the Hart Foundation, and it was actually really cool seeing them separate him from the Hart Foundation. He went on to win the Intercontinental Title, and I was all in on on Bret, uh, and then seeing him go as my favorite guy, go from a tag team wrestler to an intercontinental champion to a world champion. That was really cool. Um, Brett was my favorite guy for a while. Um, I know everybody liked Shawn Michaels after that. I didn't like Shawn Michaels as a kid. I appreciate Shawn Michaels as a, as an adult, um, you know, his last run, um, some of the best matches of all time. But as far as like, he's my favorite when you're a kid, like he he just never did it for me. It was it was Bret Hart, um, probably up until up until uh, the late '90s WCW, and then Chris Jericho really. So I mean I'm a comedy guy, obviously. Yeah. And and some of the things Jericho did really we're kind of jumping around here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so so kind of getting back to the the women's Royal Rumble here. Um, I'm just kind of taking a quick look see if there's anything else we want to touch on before you know going to the end of it. Um, we got our little Lana segment with her and uh, Liv Morgan eliminating each other. Meh. Um, we had a you know Maya Yim was uh, Mia Yim, Maya Yim. Mia Yim was in the Royal Rumble, and I didn't even remember that she was in the Royal Rumble. Like I, I didn't even notice her entrance, honestly. <laughs> like I, because you, you mentioned that while we watched it, and I looked over and like, when when did she enter? What? I I swear to God, she was not in the Royal Rumble the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she never entered. Yeah, seriously, like she was not. I I I do not remember her. The first night I, the first when it was originally on, and then when we were just watching it, just if you know, just a little bit ago, and she came out, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like my was not in this <laughs> Royal Rumble, but apparently she was. Uh, it, 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 I'm a big fan of her, so I have no idea how she had such a forgettable Royal Rumble that I didn't know she existed in it. Well, after you had mentioned it, I actually did kind of focus on her a little bit and right. see and it did seem like they didn't really want to do anything with she her. didn't have any big spots or any yeah. memorable she was just kind of like like filler it seemed which was unfortunate because she she seemed like she would do well with everything that they had going on right if they continued and had her kind of go further into it because i don't think she was in it that long right she wasn't in that long no it was like maybe five minutes tops uh she was in let me i, I can actually pull it up right now here uh mia yim was in six six minutes and 30 seconds oh, okay i was a little off then so yeah not not a whole I'm, lot of time i'm i'm forgetting that we weren't aware for like three minutes that she was in the match <laughs> you right <laughs> um so kind of skipping to the end of the match um you know, we we ended with uh, with Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler. Uh, d- did you have someone who you preferred to win? Well, I'm still kind of learning a lot about women's wrestling, um, okay. and a lot of you know the current wrestlers, what they can do, their strengths and weaknesses. So I didn't have anyone in particular that I was like, I want them to win. Uh, but I I will say I kind of. I, part of me guessed the winner about halfway through the match. Right. Um, are we going to get into the winner yet? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, 
I guessed it because I noticed that Charlotte kept getting thrown out under the under the ropes. And just my gut feeling kept telling me they were just trying to give her time to rest over and over. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously they're going to do that for a reason. Um, and to me, I didn't see any other reason, like no, nothing big that she really did other than having the opportunity to win. Uh, for me, it was a nightmare scenario coming down to Shayna Baszler and Charlotte because I hate the two of them. Oh, yeah? I hate the two of them so much. Uh, I just... Charlotte um, Charlotte is the Roman Reigns of the women's division. I could see that, yeah. Where, where like... And this is a big problem with WWE storytelling and WWE writing, where you 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 kind of focus on one person and you're like, this person is awesome. And you really start to appreciate a wrestler and you watch their highs and lows and you get invested and you're like, yeah, this is their time to win the title. This is their time to main event WrestleMania. This is their time to, to be big. And then Vince McMahon just kind of steamrolls them with Charlotte or Roman Reigns and Charlotte or Roman Reigns get that spot. And, you know they i don't i don't think they understand that's why people resent these these people it's not that it's not a fickle audience who just wants to boo the person they're supposed to cheer to be edge lords yeah and and another point too is like you can't sit there and tell the fans what they want you just have to try and you know do the best you can and hope that it's appreciated as long as it's true to the source and and you know well, I mean, historically, that's exactly what you do in wrestling, though, is you do dictate to the fans who they want, but you do it you do it subtly, you know? It's, it's almost like a hypnosis. Um, Roddy Piper was the best at it, where he, he could wrap a crowd completely around his little finger. If, if they wanted the crowd to cheer for Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper would make that crowd cheer for Hulk Hogan. See, that's different, though. That's the wrestlers adding what they bring to the table. That's different than Vince McMahon saying, this is who I want to be the top dog, and this is how long I want him to be the top dog. So they, But promoters would do the same thing, and promoters okay. would do the same thing using storytelling, using, you know, and they, they used everything at their disposal, wrestlers, you know, um, storylines, you know, the situation situations they put them in and they would all culminate towards getting the audience to get behind the characters that they wanted to push and there's an art form to that and i don't have a problem with it what i have a problem with is when you're just like now nah, fuck that like they're gonna like roman reigns because i well, tell them to see that's that's kind of my point too like that's what i mean by you can't tell people what they want like if you try it out and you see if, you know, putting that person up on the pedestal, seeing how people react, you can't get mad at the fans for not responding the way you want. Because right. a lot of it is exper experimental. You're just kind of, you know, you're trying to be creative. You're trying to figure out some cool, interesting ways to do stuff and then just hope that the fans appreciate it. I mean, it's 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 basic storytelling. I mean, we've, yeah. seen, we've seen it botched in, like, movies, you know? Like, the new Star Wars movies. You're yep. supposed to like Rey because she's the best. She's the best ever for no exactly. reason. Exactly. And, like, it takes... It takes the audience and is like, wait, wait, wait. Why am I supposed to like this person? They're not going. They're not going through any real adversity. You're putting challenges in front of them, because like there wouldn't be a story otherwise. But in, at no point 
is there any actual real threat to this person? They're just going to bulldoze everything in front of that. And we know that from the beginning. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of like the same thing with Charlotte and Roman. Yeah, I agree, and that's kind of it's kind of towards where I was leaning. And I mean, you have to really explain it. You have to give good reason. You have to make it believable. You know. Um, now, you know, I do like Reigns. I do think he should be, you know, in the top people. He's he's talented. Yeah, he should be. He's a very big, intimidating person. He, um, he's, he's got a fan. Dude looks better than probably any world champion. Yeah, that like he's got the look. He's very believable in the ring. By all means, this is a guy who everyone should be cheering. He's very charismatic. He's a great wrestler, uh, but it's just it's his presentation that's been wrong. Yep, I agree. And and I feel, and you know, going back over to, to the women's, I feel like for Charlotte, it's kind of similar, but I also feel like her history. Um, you know, being the daughter of, you know... Ric Flair. Yeah. She's not a very good good guy. Yeah. Um, and I also f- I feel like they're not properly using her, and I also feel like... Oh, let's you know, welcome the Furnace to the show really quick. Oh, hey. <laughs> welcome, Furnace. <laughs> Why don't you share with... what What's that, Furnace? You, you think Charlotte should have won? Fuck out of here, Furnace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, go like ahead. I, I, um, I'm sorry. The furnace was so rude to interrupt you. Yeah, very rude furnace. You should, uh, you should teach it a lesson. I, you should teach it a lesson. Yeah. We'll get I the w- bats. Out. I will not feed you oil this year. That's yeah. how oh, I will get back. To We're you. sitting in some folding chairs right now, and that Beat that sounds shit like a plan. out of that furnace, right? Um, going back to Charlotte, though. Um, I, I do think she's talented yes. in many ways, but Very I much so. don't think she is the most talented uh, woman's wrestler. I, I would agree with that. Um, you know who is super fucking talented? Who? Shayna Baszler. Holy shit. So was, uh, was she the one that ran in and just started tossing everybody yeah. out? Yeah. Yes. At first I was like, what the heck's going on? Why is she so crazy? And then when I actually paid attention to what she was doing and how she was doing it and just the energy she brought, she has that believable intimidation factor. You, you, know, you know why I have to give Shayna her due? Because I hate Shayna. Really? <laughs> every, I hate her face. I hate her looks. I hate her moves. I I I hate the way she breathes. I I despise this woman with every aspect of my soul. And when you ask why, I have no real reason. She is so good at being a bad guy that I you know how she, you know how good at being a bad guy she is. I wanted Charlotte to throw her out. <laughs> like you know, Shayna Baszler is everything everything we were just talking about with like with like how Roddy Piper could just make you make you cheer or boo whoever you want to Shayna Baszler can do that she's she's so just legitimately fucking terrible (laughs) I I hate her and I will cheer anyone who they put her against I think that's kind of funny because I think that can actually be as weird as it sounds a very enjoyable thing Oh, it definitely um, is. Like, I myself, this is changing it a, a little bit, but I, I personally have always felt that way about The Miz. Okay. I have always hated him. I've always wanted to just kick him in the balls. Uh, I just, 
like when he first started out it was just like i always just every time i'd see him why why is he there why? same but the further that it went on the more i hated him in the best way yes um and now like i couldn't see i couldn't see his you know his history like i can't see wrestling without his history right um something about him was so unusual and and oddly unique and and you know you wanted to hate him and you enjoyed it but at the same time you also wanted to see him like it was it was fascinating to me yeah and and he's one they just keep making a good guy for some reason and it makes no sense whatsoever yeah like he because he can be such a believable douche in my opinion um and i think that's fantastic for a persona if if you really want somebody who's going around you know just being a jerk and causing havoc he could play it off so well um right and and i enjoy it when he does that so actually miz was was in the men's royal rumble so that that's a pretty good segue good job segueing dean <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> before we get there though the the only other match we watched besides the two royal rumbles um was the uh the miz um, the Miz, the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Now, this was your first time seeing a Fiend match, right? I uh, I believe so. I think I've seen him kind of run in, cause a little mayhem, and 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 bounce. But I I don't think I've actually seen him full on wrestle. And this was a good match because uh, this was the first time that they didn't have that awful light. Like this was a fucking Kmart special <laughs> going on. Um. Any any thoughts about that match, or any thoughts about seeing you know the fiend wrestle for the first time? Um, I I thought it was very interesting. I was very excited because I am a fan of Daniel Bryan. Um, I haven't seen him too much. Okay. Um, you know he had his injury for a long time. Yes. And, and you know that that's changed a lot. But you know he's back, and it's been exciting to see him. I was really excited because I like him, and the fiend is is just fascinating to me the fiend to me is is one thing one aspect of wrestling that i think they need to do more um one of the things that i think is an issue in wrestling these days and most is most personas are not built off of creativity they're built off of ego there's nothing to offer except you saying that you are the best and other people are fucking losers I really like that point. I can't stand that. That's why I appreciate the Attitude Era so much. There's no real creativity. There's just this desperation for dominance. Right. And I believe that's why women's wrestling has struggled so badly. They don't want to add that kind of creativity into it, and I think they need to. Because, you know, women's wrestling has so much to offer. I think Becky Lynch has done a good job of of kind of adding that on but i mean at the same time she's she's pretty much the female stone cold steve austin that's kind of that's kind yeah. of what she's bringing to the table but even that that's still you it's know something exactly and and it's actually gone a long way in making women's wrestling like not only not only good not only viable not only interesting but it's it's you know it's ronda rousey helped a lot with with yeah. getting them into like the main event of WrestleMania last year, but the the thing is, you need someone to put against Ronda Rousey, and it, Charlotte would have sucked. Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey is not a, a WrestleMania main event. You needed to have someone as badass and legitimate as Ronda Rousey to go against someone as interesting as uh, as Becky 
Lynch was, you know, going into last year. Um, and, you know, we, d- we talked about it a few weeks ago. You know, there was that iconic moment where she got her nose busted for real, you know, and she's like, she's kicking everyone's ass and she's just kind of hanging out in the stands with just blood pouring out of her <laughs> face, you know, and, and that kind of, that was the icon, that was her Austin 316 moment. That was, yeah. that was the moment that created, you know, a phenomenon. And it's the kind of thing you don't see very often. You these don't days. see it. it. It was lightning in a bottle is, is yep. what that was. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, I, I was really disappointed about Charlotte winning cause I was like, I don't want to see her fight Becky Lynch. I don't want to see her fight Bailey. Uh, but there are, there are reports going out that she's, uh, she's going to be challenging the NXT women's champion, Rhea Ripley. And I am all for that. I think that's a, I don't know much about her. I'd have to look her up. I'll, I'll, I'll show you. She's a, she's a young girl. I think she's in her early 20s, but holy crap, like, she's she's legitimate. Uh, yeah. She actually just beat Shayna Baszler for the NXT title, and she was believable in doing it. Nice. So, yeah, no, it's, it, that would be that would be a great, great WrestleMania match. Yeah, I, I, I'd want to see that. It sounds pretty interesting. And it legitimizes NXT as a brand. If someone wins the Royal Rumble, and they're like, nah, 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 I don't want Raw's champion. I don't want SmackDown's champion. Give me NXT's. You know, it, it gives legitimacy to NXT as the third brand, which is what they need right now. Yeah. Um, kind of hopping over to the, to the men's Royal Rumble here. Um, so we started off with, uh, with Brock Lesnar kind of handling that first half of the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't know about you, but I thought the storytelling on that was so perfect. I completely agree. I'm not one that goes for one-sided things. It tends to be very predictable. Um, they don't always give proper, believable explanation. But I think this was an example of how great it could truly be. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of the people that he faced, he was throwing them out so quickly, mostly, that it was for the most part, he was doing a one-on-one half the time. Yeah. Um, and that made it even more believable. You know what I mean? He's a very big man, just picking people up and throwing them out. And it was fascinating to see because once you get to a certain point, you start to wonder, like, is somebody going to take him down? And if so, who could possibly do it with how he is tonight? And whoever, and, and I think we saw this, whoever does that is a made man. Yes. Um... So, so we started off with Brock. Uh, Elias came down number two, did his did his little song. It was okay. I, it, it you know it was Elias. I I think <laughs> I think Elias is entertaining, uh, but but the like the fact is he hasn't been featured on TV and the song he kind of came out to was meh there was no there was no edge to it there was no there was no like punchlines that just really hit i think um, that's what it is too like like he, i think his persona can be very interesting but i don't think it's he's really using it to its potential i think it should have a little more humor to it like it you know it does a stronger punchline and, and yeah like this that, one was know? just kind of it was vanilla it and was, I thought it was so weird too that they had, even though it was the very beginning, that I thought it was weird that they had such a long entrance at a rumble. Right. Um, it, I mean, yeah, no, I, I get it. The one and two is usually where you can kind of get away with the theatrics. Yeah. Of that, I, I don't think it was bad. I just, 
I don't know. The other thing with Elias is like he's a good guy one week, he's a bad guy one. He he's like Big Show, where like every single time they bring him out, they turn his alignment. You know, it, it almost like I get the feeling just from what I've seen of him that they're kind. They kind of don't give a shit about it. Right. They're just like just make sure you know this happens and that happens and it ends this way. But other than that, whatever. Yeah. And then and you know he has his freedom, which is cool. It, it's great having that room for creativity. But when you don't have proper opportunity, it limits you tremendously. Right. Um. So yeah, Brock. Brock just kind of made short work of Elias. Uh, I think I think their choices uh, were perfect because uh, after Elias, we got uh, we got um, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan was perfect because he's a guy who you see him coming out and you're like, holy shit, this is gonna be a fight. Uh, but at the same time, if you knock him out immediately, like it did, you know, it just it. It doesn't damage Eric Rowan too much, but it makes Brock look really good. Yes, I agree, and and I liked the way it worked too. Because, like when when it was happening, Brock was so into it. He was excited. He was smiling. It was like a game to him, and and to me that made it more believable, because that level of confidence can go a long way when you have your adrenaline up and you're going head to head with somebody, especially when you're twice their size. Right. Which he was compared yeah. to a lot of the people. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, after Eric Rowan, we got Robert Roode, who got thrown out immediately. Uh, and then back-to-back, we got John Morrison and Kofi Kingston. I don't know if you've watched many Royal Rumbles in the past ten years. Uh, uh, not many, honestly. So, John Morrison and Kofi Kingston have uh, have both... So, actually, one thing we kind of skipped over in the Women's Royal Rumble was Naomi's elimination how she kind of got thrown out but she hung on and then she like made her way to the announcer's table and she did that like non-elimination spot uh so the first time something like that happened was john morrison actually was the first person to do that uh he got knocked off the apron and he just kind of like spider-maned on the the uh, you know the barricade on the other side he climbed back up on the barricade and then he jumped from the barricade back to the stairs climbed back in so that was kind of the first elimination after that after john morrison left kind of kofi kingston kind of took over that role and every single year kofi had like these pseudo almost eliminations and then somehow he would save himself in this completely over the top and ridiculous manner so going into this royal rumble i was like oh i i i'm kind of thinking john morrison may take that back or I wouldn't mind like a kind of a back and forth with, you know, Morrison and Kofi Kingston kind of dueling each other. And this was the first time in probably 10 years where none of that happened. You know, Brock, Brock just threw John Morrison out, uh, which is part, partly disappointing. Uh, but at the same time, I appreciate it because it, it was a good way to subvert expectations. Yes. Um, and then Kofi Kingston came out afterwards, and, you know, um, Brock Lesnar beat Kofi Kingston for the WWE title he has. Kofi never got a rematch. It was like a four-second match. It was literally just an F5 and a pin. Um, so that was a nice... It was nice that uh, that it was kind of like an, oh, shit, Kofi's going to get his... Kofi's going to get his moment with Brock. And it, it was really good that, you know... Um, 
he got to survive that two minutes. That's what I was, I was actually waiting to say that. I was excited that he was the first one to last long enough for another wrestler to come out. Um, that I thought was really cool. I definitely, you know, I think he's definitely one of the people it would be believable on. Um, he's very resourceful. Um, and I think it, it definitely helped considering, uh, what's, uh, crap, what's his name? Um, oh, how do I forget his name? His buddy there. Big E? Yeah, came out, um, and so he kind of had a partner in a way, too. Once he, he, he lasted did, yeah. long enough, he had the backup, and it got more interesting. So they did a really good job of stacking the deck against Brock. So, yeah. so they, they, you know, Kofi survived to Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio and Brock have actually been kind of fighting the last two months. So it's like, oh, okay, two guys who have, uh, who have some beef with Brock. Um, and then when, Kofi, or when uh, Big E came out, you know, and you had the three of them, you know, Brock's been throwing everyone one on one before, so it was like, oh, there's three on one against Brock, and it's all of the people who, you know, owe him a comeuppance. So yeah. it almost, it almost, they almost told the story that like, this is where the road ends for Brock, but he ends up just coming back, tossing all of them out, and it was perfect. I loved it. There was, there was actual. We actually hit a point at that moment where I thought Brock was going to be gone. Um, yeah. And and he he muscled through that. Um, afterwards, he, he muscled through it. He actually after that he he threw everybody out and was solo again at one point, right? He he was solo again. Yeah, he threw yeah, three and, of them. And out. that was another thing that I thought was really cool. It, it showed, you know, how determined he really was. Where he went up against that, and and you know, it, it may not have been easy or quick, but he he proved, you know, he persevered through it. Exactly, and it showed that you know the the wrestlers that came before it wasn't just a fluke because they're smaller guys that he was tossing around he's you know really in it you know what i mean like he was determined i i love that spot too where where big e was on the you know as it was on all fours and ray jumps off of me catches ray and tosses him out yes and then he jumps off of big e's back to clothesline kofi i thought that was perfect yeah um so after that, you know, Cesaro came out, who's actually an, another, he was kind of like Eric Rowan, where, like, it, you know, you know that Cesaro is not going to throw out Brock Lesnar, yeah. but he's impressive enough as a wrestler where they're like, okay, this is going to be a roadblock for Brock. I was hoping that. I was really hoping that. I think that's the only thing I was disappointed in is he basically got thrown out almost immediately. He did get thrown and out. It, that was, I think, yeah. the only thing throughout the entire Rumble that I felt any disappointment in. I, I wouldn't have minded if Cesaro had gotten an almost elimination on Brock. You yeah. Know, I wouldn't have minded if he was able to like get him over the top rope and maybe he got a little too cocky and you know nonchalantly went to knock him off and, and you know Brock scoops him out. You know, I, I I wish Cesaro got a little bit more of a rub in that encounter, but you know, I'm nitpicking. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, it's, it, you know, it is what it is. That's, um, I think that it just was supposed to be something else to show how impressive Brock was that night. But I, I, I agree. I feel like they should have kind of stretched it out a little more, given him a little more time, and, and shown that he could put up a better fight than that. 
Right. I, I mean, after that, we got a we got a few eh spots. You know, Shelton Benjamin came out. They did their whole like, oh, we used to be we used to be sorority sisters in college, <laughs> <laughs> and you know they they hugged you. Brock was fucking sweaty. Holy shit! Yes, he was. Um, um I kind of like that too, though, because I think that made another point. Um, because he came in, they did their whole buddy buddy thing. It was cool. It was kind of you know nice to see uh, you know that positivity and and all that. Uh, but Brock turning on him, right? I think was fantastic because to me that showed how serious Brock was about beating everybody. Right. He wasn't going to take risks about taking allies. That's not what he's in it for. He's in it to win, not find friendship. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like his goal was to throw twenty nine guys out, not to exactly. You know, not to share that glory with you know someone he you know used to eat pizza with in a dorm. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, Shelton came out. Shinsuke came out. Uh, MVP came out. Yeah, you know, he tossed all of them out. I loved him dancing to MVPs. Yeah, um, I liked that. I gotta say too, I I really liked the um, Black Panther style outfit that he had when he came out. Too. Right. Yes. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. No, that that was really cool. Uh, you know what Brock is so good at that I don't think people give him enough credit for the little things. The the facial expressions he makes, the movements he makes, the fact yeah. that he like the fact that he. He breaks character just enough, where it, but it's staying in character. But it it it, it makes you laugh. Yeah. Brock Lesnar is legitimately funny. Yep. And and by just by just deviating from his character just a tiny little bit, but keeping it still within the realm of it. Um, yeah, Brock is just so good and doesn't he doesn't get enough credit. I completely agree, and I think that's what added to to what I liked. One of the things I liked most about seeing him dominate like that was that he was like smiling almost the whole time. He yeah. was loving it. And and it I, I think that's an example of a slightly breaking character, but also in a way that adds to what's going on. Yeah, it's not quite breaking character because it offers something. It's it showing, does. Yes, you know he's he's accomplishing. So far, he's accomplishing it's, what he set out for, and he's it's being it. it's being malleable enough as a character. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and and kind of going kind of going to your point before, where you know. Uh, wrestling characters are a lot of ego, which I, I think is a very profound statement. Kudos for that, because that's oh, that's some deep wrestling psychology, and and not even in like the characters, but just how people how people view themselves when they get into yeah. You know? um, but like it, Brock doesn't have that ego, you know. That's why I like him. I he you can tell he sees himself, you know. He probably sees himself as the best when it comes to his persona and sure. the beliefs in that aspect. But but he doesn't throw it in people's faces. He'll just step up and say, okay, prove me wrong. You know, you know what I mean? And, and I mean, that's a great, like, who in the history can can claim to, like, like everything, you know, it's always been, like, um, you know, is wrestling legit? What happens when a wrestler, you know, gets into a real fight? Brock Lesnar went to the UFC as a pro. And people, I have friends who who are into MMA. I'm into MMA. I loved Brock going over to MMA, and I loved watching it with all of my friends who hate wrestling and love MMA because they all hated Brock and they wanted, you know, 
uh, they wanted Shane Carwin and uh, Frank Amir and Randy Couture. Every single time a Brock fight came on, it was all about how like they were gonna, you know, they were gonna send this, you know, wannabe loser packing back to his fake sport. And Brock beat the shit out of all of them. Um, yeah, you know, the diverticulitis and Cain Velasquez ended up catching up to him. Uh, but, but he won out, he, just like his wrestling. <laughs> yeah, well, not against Cain. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. His his UFC career ended kind of on a on a down note. He got the shit kicked out of. Uh, he fought Alistair Overeem, and in his last UFC fight before going back to to pro wrestling. His second to last UFC fight overall, and Alistair's uh, his his uh, his tactic basically the way he fought was just kicking Brock in the diverticulitis over and over and over again. <laughs> I think if you put healthy Brock Lesnar against Alistair Overeem, I don't think it would have gone the same way. Especially like he knew he had something going on and he just targeted it over and over again. And the fact that the dude was even like, I had diverticulitis, right? And I passed out taking a shower, you know, like I just kept ignoring it and it got to the, I was like, I can, I didn't know I had diverticulitis at the time. I just had pain in my stomach, and I was just like, I can muzzle through this. I don't have to, you know. And and it got it got to the point where the pain became so severe, I passed out, and I ended up going to the hospital in an ambulance. Like diverticulitis is not a joke. Getting into yeah. even if you're it's on a lot anti- more serious than people think. It, right. It, it's it's not just an ailment you have to deal with. It's something that seriously affects you and you really have to be actively fighting it and getting treatment and whatever for it. I mean, even, even if he was, and I'm sure he was on antibiotics for it and I'm sure he was kind of healing up for it. But even in, even in the healing process, man, I was done with those antibiotics and I could still feel it for a good couple of weeks. You know, I, even if he was kind of on, on the back end of it and, and on the healing end of it, Getting, getting in and fighting someone with diverticulitis is fucking ballsy. It really is. Um, so, kind of going back, where did we leave off here? So, actually, from here is when we got the Keith Lee, uh, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. Um, Brock really, man, Brock, Brock put Keith Lee over big. Yeah. Uh, just, just his reactions when he was coming out, who's this big boy? You know, who's this... See, that's a perfect example too on why like I, I just loved the attitude Brock had like he was like that was a great example he you know he saw this guy and he's just like was, like you could see a mouth who's this big boy you know yeah. what I mean like it it was so interesting and entertaining um I loved it I really did I don't think I've ever enjoyed a, a Royal Rumble that much I, I actually uh, I actually paused the Royal Rumble and I brought up the GIF of, and it's 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 GIF. Fuck you if you think it's GIF. All right, it stands. It's, the G stands for graphics. That's not a just sound. Internet. We're not talking over. peanut butter here. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's not a jar of peanut butter that we're watching. It's a fucking. I don't know. All right. <laughs> but I, I pulled up the GIF of of Keith Lee pouncing. Adam Cole into the stands. I wanted to make sure Dean saw that. It was amazing. Um, I thought it was fantastic. That's the kind of stuff 
I mean, it's risky, especially since he got launched into the audience. I think they had a. I think they had wrestlers there. They had like trainees yeah. there. Um, but still, even so, like that's something that's creative. I feel right. like that's the kind of thing that would happen a lot more, you know, back in the day compared to to modern wrestling. You don't see it often. Right. Um, and it also is a is a great demonstration of what they have to offer. Uh, right. So. Yeah, Keith Keith Lee looked really good. Braun Strowman came out. Uh, you were very impressed with the uh, the drop kick Braun threw. Yes, it looked real. I really think that he genuinely drop kicked him. Like I want you to go back and watch it at some point. Just that one scene. I swear. I mean, drop I kicking isn't really something you can kind of work or kayfabe like, especially yeah. when you're that size. Um, that's the thing though. Like it looked like there was actual force behind it. That it wasn't just you know. Right. Part of the show. Yeah. Um, and he really got pushed back. He rolled out of the ring. Uh, I thought that was fantastic, especially from such a big man. You yeah. Know? Um, so Brock throws out, you know, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman. Um, and I, I thought that was another good... It was kind of like the, the Kofi, Big E, Ray spot. When, though, when Keith Lee came out, you're like, holy shit, Brock met his match. When Braun came out after Keith Lee, it was, holy shit, Brock's going out. Um, yeah. And he, he survived those two. Um, after that, we got the Ricochet, you know, and and Drew McIntyre. Uh, Drew McIntyre finally kicking Brock Lesnar out. I thought that was absolutely perfect. Drew was a made man. You know, that's it's, it's funny, too, because there's so many things about this rumble that I normally would be like, eh, about. Like, like taking someone out in a cheap shot and stuff like that. But at the same time, just the way they did it was fantastic, I think. Right. Like, it was believable, and yes. it made sense, especially with how Brock was dominating. Like, they had to they had to go to extremes, you know what I mean? Like, everybody was going down. Yeah. And I, like, I really like that they did it right at the record cutoff. Yes. He tied the record, but they didn't let him beat it. So he'll be part of history because of that, but he will not be the main part of it because he's sharing that record. You know, I I think there's got to be an asterisk with him sharing that record because he, he tied a record, but it, the record he tied wasn't a real Royal Rumble. It was uh, it was the, the quote-unquote greatest Royal Rumble that the, the Saudi government kind of put on. So it wasn't a real Royal Rumble. It wasn't even in January. It wasn't for a shot at the belt. Like the Braun Strowman ended up winning that. He threw out thirteen guys. It was fifty people in that Royal Rumble. That I think that makes a difference. That's it, a big difference. That is a big difference. So that's almost doubling the number. Yeah. So I, yeah, it tied a record. It really it is the record. Uh, I I don't I don't think you can count you know thirteen eliminations in a Royal Rumble with fifty people. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I, if, in my mind, Brock broke the record for most eliminations that night. I think, yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. That's a really good point, I think. And and honestly, like, making it that way, I kind of wish that he did get that one more toss to get the record, the kind, official, yeah. you know? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded. Yeah, if, uh, I agree. They could have they threw Miz in there before Ricochet and just yeah, kind of given, given that to Brock. Um, so, uh, the, I think the next kind of thing of note, I, I, we don't have to go, you know, beat by beat to talk about the Miz, AJ Styles, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Carl Anderson, Edge, 
Edge's return. That was exciting. I heard about that before I actually watched it. Um, and uh, my excitement doubled as soon as I heard that. Um, because I think I had said it earlier, he was one of those people in his time I didn't appreciate him, but after his time, I really learned to. So considering the reason he tired, his injury, and him coming back for such a big event, especially at his age, I mean, he's 46 now. Right. That's impressive to wrestle no matter what, especially when you have an injury that nine what was it nine years ago everybody was like you're done for the rest of your life and you know i i i will say i would take edge's spinal stenosis (laughs) and his body at 46 in return for my body at 26 i'm with you i feel the same way (laughs) um i can can we talk about uh wwe fucking up that camera angle when he first how do you not fire that dude yeah and how do you not fix it too once you once you upload it onto the actual wwe you know right so it it did air like it it did air on the network so it's you know it's it's the original it's here but they do have the footage they have the fixed footage like they should have at least put some effort in i mean it's his big return and his first hit when he gets into the ring is cut out like and it's not even like they stuck on you know they stuck on an audience member too long they filmed him hitting the ring and just as he was about to hit the spear they're like hey that ginger up there's got popcorn let's see what he's doing like and then and then you can actually see them try and switch back quickly because you see him land on the spear. So it literally cuts out just the spear and then you see him laying on top as soon as they land. I just want to imagine like Kevin Dunn in the background just like putting his hands behind his bed like his head like relaxing. He's like, "Ah, I don't need to do a whole lot of work." And just like props his feet up and accidentally hits the button to change <laughs> the camera angle. Because that is the only explanation I will accept. Someone willingly do that should be fired. Yeah. Um, no, so that was good. Uh, uh, Edge Spears, uh, AJ Styles. AJ tore his shoulder. And he, now he's going to be out for the next six weeks. They're hoping he's going to be back in time for WrestleMania. Uh, but it looked like an awesome spear. Sucks that AJ's yeah. gone, but you know what? If you're gonna hurt yourself on taking a move from somebody, that's the one to do it. Yeah, um, it was exciting to see too because even after all the years, I felt like Edge did great. He came back strong, I think. Uh, next person of note, I think we got in was Matt Riddle. Um, he was only—I was telling you a little bit about him. He was an MMA fighter. He's in the WWE right now because UFC would not let him smoke weed. <laughs> they kept suspending him, whereas WWE will only fine you. He'll pay the money to smoke the weed, but he wants to be able to... Uh, um, he actually got eliminated really quick. There's a lot of... Uh, there's actually... He gets in trouble a lot. Does he? He gets in trouble a lot because he um, he tries to... Um, he tries to book matches on his own. So he's trying to... He's tried to do stuff with Goldberg without Goldberg knowing, you know. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of it is is a work. I don't know how much of it is, like, his legitimate feelings, but he shit on Goldberg a lot. Um, His new thing is uh, 
he keeps talking about how he's going to be the one to retire Brock Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> and baffled uh, me. I'm sorry. I know I don't know him well. Yeah, I haven't seen much of his wrestling or anything. But from what I saw in the Rumble, he looked kind of scrawny. He's he's definitely smaller. But you know what? The thing is, like he's 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 a UFC fighter. I he could probably take any. That's true. He could probably take anyone on that roster, uh, on any of the rosters. And I know I know Brock's you know a legit UFC guy. I know they have Kane Velasquez on, who's a legit UFC guy. But like Matt Riddle is is in his prime. You know Matt Riddle's not a forty year old guy. He's smaller than you know Brock and Kane, and obviously size is huge. And there's a reason that there's you know weight restrictions uh sometimes speed and stamina can help you overcome too and you know what when you're as skilled as a dude like that all it takes is the right shot yeah you know um and and i think brock lesnar is kind of getting up there a little bit in too, right? yeah brock's brock's definitely in his 40s um you know I, you know matt riddle's still late 20s early 30s he's a young guy you know uh, he's he's not he's in his physical prime still uh which is kind of insane to think that Brock Lesnar is over the, the hill on his prime. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's still within his prime, but you know, his, his, his prime most of his prime years are behind him. We'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, he keeps getting in trouble although they're, they've put some stuff out that makes it seem like maybe maybe it's, it's not as, you know not as a big a deal as, as maybe some of the, the wrestling dirt sheets would have you believe um nxt put out like a special on on the wwe network where they talk about you know uh, matt riddle just straight up calling out brock which it could be you know could be them filming something legit that they're going to yell at him for later but i kind of find that a little hard to believe um let's see so from from there we just got a string of randy orton roman reigns kevin owens alistair black samoa joe seth rollins um so that was all kind of kind of a blur. I think some of the noteworthy things on there is, uh, you know, rated RKO reunion. That was fantastic. Um, I, I love that they did the RKO together. I love that there was so much interaction, and not even just wrestling-related, but them talking to each other, them responding, you know. It's just, it was cool to see them interact so much. It, it was great. Right, so... I I know you're you're hopeful at the thought of them teaming now. I am, but after what happened, I don't know how that's gonna go. So I'll just crush it for you now. On the next night on Raw, Brandy beat the shit out of Edge. Oh, I gotta uh, watch that. I didn't watch that yet. That sounds fantastic. He, he gave him a concerto. Oh. Uh, so it, it looks like we may be getting Randy Orton versus Edge at WrestleMania. I'm guessing. That I'd be. I'd love that, honestly. I'm. I feel a little differently about it. Really? Yeah. Mostly because we've seen Randy Orton versus Edge. Uh, WWE has this bad habit of bringing stars back, and then we have this whole new crop of guys that nobody has seen matchups for, but they just keep giving us the same shit. I don't want to see Edge versus Randy Orton. I want to see Edge versus AJ Styles. I want to see Edge versus Seth Rollins. I was just going to say, I'd actually like to see him against Rollins. I think that would be interesting. I think that's the Mania match for him. I think Edge and Rollins is the way it should go. 
I think let's blow off Edge and Randy Orton at the Saudi pay-per-view that's coming up and, and let Edge and Rollins go at it at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think that, honestly, I'd, I, I'd like that more than him and Orton, um, even though, you know, that does sound good to me. But it's, um, for me, I have a question, actually. Okay. So, I'm going to, I plan on watching it, but I don't mind spoilers right now. Um, but f- do you think there is ever a chance with how things were left off in Raw that Orton was really just trying to give a, that's what you get for hurting me, and then they're going to make amends and team up again? Because, you know, that happens sometimes. Uh, not to the severity of the beatdown. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really determine so he, any details. He, he gave know? him a, a concerto, which I don't know if you remember the, the move. It's where, well, when one person does it, it's where you beat the shit out of a guy and you put a chair under his head and you take another chair and you just oh, come down on it and you sandwiches. a long time. Yeah. So, like, with with concussions and stuff from, like, a story and work like, like, yeah, you tried to kill me, but you know what? I threw you out of a Royal Rumble, so even Steven. Yeah, it wasn't just a strike back. It was it was pure anger. It was try to put you back yeah. on the shelf forever type of move. Okay. Interesting. Uh, right. So, um, yeah, Rollins came down with his goons. Uh, we got a few eliminations. Uh, came down to Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. I was so I was so scared that Reigns was going to win that rumble. Me too. As soon as I was hoping that um, I was really hoping because Edge lasted so long that they were going to give his return the big win. And when he got taken out, my first thought was, "God no, they're going to give it to Reigns." Yeah. And it just I just my heart sank. I was like, "No." Like I like Reigns, but just no. He can find right. his way to WrestleMania on his own. Yes. Um but once it ended, I think it made it all that more exciting. And I I will say I did go out of my way to make you think Reigns was going to yeah. win that. <laughs> well, I mean it's a it's a very believable thing. <laughs> like I think I think I even sighed when I watched that. I was like yeah. <laughs> you were like Reigns is going to win now with me. I was just like you did. <sighs> and I heard it and I was like, "Oh, that's the Reigns win sigh." <laughs> I I wanted I wanted you to have that moment I had where that that recoil Claymore. It, it was fantastic too. That's the kind of that's the kind of disappointment you want to face you want to see it and be like oh no this is going to happen and then it completely flips on your on its head and you're just like blown away because you know what you genuinely expect and what they've done over and over doesn't happen and it's like this whole new thing a whole new door is open up you know what i mean i i think that may have serious contendership for the greatest royal rumble of all time I completely agree, and, were, and I haven't seen a lot over over the past ten years. I think I've seen maybe two, honestly. Before that, I watched almost every year. I have seen every single one. Two thousand ten was really good. Uh, that's the one where I don't know if you saw, it, but Edge Edge actually came back from an injury as a complete surprise and won. Um, oh really? Yeah, I, th- I, I think that I one that. probably was the best it. one. I want to say the last one I saw was like two thousand eight. Okay. So it was, like, not long before. Uh, 2008, I think Cena won that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah. was it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, no, I um, I, I think just kind of beginning to end, the, like, it, it felt like nothing was wasted in that Royal Rumble. Yeah, I every completely agree. Se- you know, um, you know, I've talked to other people before who were like, "Oh, I wish, wish Kane was in it. I wish Cena was in it. I wish Goldberg." Like, I get that, but at the same time, like, who would you have replaced them with? You know, the easy answers are, you know, Eric Rowan, Shelton Benjamin, you know, Robert Root. But when you figure in the role that those guys played, even though they were bit guys, even though they they didn't contribute a whole lot as far as time in the match goes, like you can't really pull out Robert Root and stick John Cena in that position. I mean, it, I would have been okay with, you know, maybe putting John Cena in one of those and you think it's going to be like an oh shit moment and then Brock throws him out immediately. Yeah, um, uh, that's the thing too. Like, I, I think that brings up the point, like you, even if they have the numbers to make every spot, you know, a top dog wrestler, that doesn't mean you should. Right. You know, like you have to have a balance on... on multiple scales and i think they did fantastic with it right storytelling and then star power exactly and i think it was you know i think it was perfect that there were there were some there were a few small surprises in there mvp was a nice little surprise but edge was the main event as far as surprises go and i'm glad that there was nobody whose surprise factor could rival edges in that rumble I think the the his placement was great too. Because yes. he came in. I, I really wanted to see him to go up against Lesnar. Right. But I'm not complaining that I didn't because once everything with Lesnar was taken out, you're kind of left sitting there like, okay, well, where are things going now? He was ruling and they just kind of stopped it like nothing. Um, I mean, what's what can we really look forward to? So once he came out, you just notice a permanent change of excitement where people are waiting edge comes out and the whole rest of the match is just a return of the excitement that everybody had when lesnar was dominating and and you know what i mean yeah no i think it was uh i think it was a great um yeah i think it was it was a great royal rumble um i the furnace has been raving about it this entire time it's pretty excited he's Maybe, finally shut the fuck up for two minutes you know i think we should try and get him in the rumble next year i think we should try and get he's, him in the rumble next year guy. um so yeah <laughs> so that was the 2020 royal rumble it was a pleasure watching it with you and discussing it uh before we go off the air for this week What's your favorite Steve Blackman moment that may or may not have actually happened? Um, not many people remember this, uh, but a long time ago, he kidnapped a blonde woman and climbed the Chrysler building and had to fend off planes that attacked him. I remember that. <laughs> it was in black and white. It was that long ago. Yeah. Um... I thought that was fascinating, and nobody ever mentions that terror attack. No. Personally, my favorite is when he interfered in an Inferno match and used a kendo stick to chop off the testicles of Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) I mean, that beats my King Kong story. (laughs) All right, well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, join us next week when our guest will be uh, Bus Station U2. <laughs>